Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality. I'm Sydney DeLorean. I'm here with special guest, Zach Bird. What's going on, Zach? I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you uh, were open and available to recording an episode with me because today's episode was going to be about Kanye West's church. Um, but I was ghosted by a self-proclaimed Kanye West expert and... Um, you were able to come in at the last minute to record an episode with me. That'll so show you. You should never try to get any other guests but me. <laughs> All right, Zach. <laughs> I love you. Uh-huh. But you have your own podcast. Right. And I have my own podcast. That's true. And I think we should cast with other people. No, I agree. I agree. Otherwise, we could save a lot in web hosting fees and just do one show. Just do one. But uh, it's important to us to maintain our autonomy, which is something that's going to come up later in today's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I asked you if you wanted to record an episode about long distance relationships. Mm -hmm. And you said, whatever. Yeah. Um, I was a little more enthusiastic, but not much more. Yeah. Well, we recently spent three weeks apart. This is our first time recording uh, after that long and painful separation. Yes. Um, so I feel like <laughs> we can totally be the voice of authority on, on LDRs, as yeah. they say, uh, because we, we spent three weeks apart. Yeah. How was that time for you? It was difficult. Um, obviously, I remember telling you that absence makes the cock grow harder and that, you know, the longer we we spent time away from each other one day you're just gonna wake up my penis was just gonna be outside your window uh all the way uh from asia yeah it's gonna reach yeah. my window yeah and that's when i said i know that your cock wouldn't step no i said i know you wouldn't step cock in sunny slope <laughs> which is the neighborhood of phoenix i live in that's not great yeah um no it, it sucked uh i knew it was gonna suck and it sucked more than i thought yeah i kind of coached myself saying uh I, i'm not a super needy person i don't need a lot of attention or validation i like being alone it's always been in the past for me in relationships there's always been an issue with the fact that i'm always busy with work and school and art and bands and music and that i'm all, i'm kind of too independent and i have had a hard time incorporating another person into my life because i do like being alone and independent so much yeah. And so, and I've also dated people that I've been away from for longer than three weeks and like yeah. not had a problem, barely noticed. But I kind of knew going into it, uh, it was going to be a bit more of a problem because we do spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. I think in past relationships where I maybe saw the person once a week, it's different. You and I go to the gym together every day and we eat meals together and, you know, um, who are you going to fart on? Yeah, I think I thought because I was going to be in Japan doing, you know, fun vacation yeah. stuff that um, it would be I was going to be having so much fun mm -hmm. that, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, you'd be so busy you wouldn't notice. Not that I wouldn't miss you, but that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I think the experience we both had was I, I was doing good, too, because you left for Japan. I left for Boston. We both kind of had adventures. That was a good start to it. Yeah, it was a good start to it. But um, I think we both realized around day 10 
that that was like the max that was like my max out point where I just was like I became a real crybaby and I couldn't like I couldn't listen to music because everything made me think of you and it just like I was like you were listening to Lizzo yeah (laughs) and thinking of how you like to change the lyrics to make them terrible plenty of cold in my poop I could go the rest of my life without hearing you sing juice but changing it to be corn in your poop. I could go in other things. Oh, I know because my parodies of about Frank the dog are great. Um uh, I are. could actually go the rest of my life without hearing anyone ever mention or make a joke about corn and poop. I don't have a lot of hang-ups or areas where I get upset about things. Number 1, jokes about corn in poop. It's hack comedy. Number two. Oh, did you save this for the podcast? Uh, I First of all, I don't know why I've, I've turned FaceTime on. Um, and so I've been like looking at myself or FaceTime has automatically turned on on so, my computer. So I did that. Um, I did that little parody. I was just messing around and you just kind of like whatever. We're, yeah, you're whatever about it. But now that we're recording, you're like, you're a hack. What? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what's happening. Is that I'm calling you a hack? You're like, that's hack comedy. I know I'm saying stupid. I'm saying in general, when people make jokes, people who make jokes about corn and poop are lower on the IQ scale. Well, yeah, but you know that I just made a joke about that. Yeah, but you're you're doing it to get a you're you're doing lower on the IQ scale. You it's a possibility, (laughs) but I think you're doing it to get a rise out of me. No, I'm just just having fun with the song. I don't. I <laughs> I didn't overthink it. You're right. <laughs> this is just like my one trigger point. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were what were we talking about? We're talking about long distance relationships. Yeah, yeah. And how we spent three weeks apart, and it was terrible. And then you came back and started singing about corn in your poop, and then I threw a temper tantrum. Um. Yeah, I just don't know what the actual lyrics are to the song, so I just kind of give right. it my own well, flavor. Everyone get Lizzo's new album. It's great. It's full it, of bangers. It's fire. Yeah. Um, It slaps, as the kids say. Uh, what I was going to say about uh, the trip, yeah, the first five days were really good, and then like I got sick also. And so I just wanted to come home in general. Like it was, well, I think halfway through my trip or no, after just a few days, I was like, oh, okay. I just got like another week left. And I sort of looked at it and went, oh my God, I have another like 14 days or something. I don't know. I think because once I got back to the States, I still had like five days or something in California, but you did meet me out there. Yeah. Uh, for on I think the third day I was there so Mm -hmm. that was the best way to see you again yeah it was good it was good yeah I think you were really really sick so you're traveling throughout (laughs) Asia and you're super sick Mm -hmm. Um, our dog was sick and with you out of town and my best friend who's his godmother who takes care of him she was also out of town and so I was like dealing with this sick dog and thinking I had to fucking put my dog down with like my support system gone like yeah I don't I'm so I'm probably going to have to put Frank down. I don't want to ruin your trip. 
I mean, I was trying to hold back. I know, I know. It but was it was, yeah, us. it was really hard for me because my support system was gone. And I kind of felt like, yeah, I've been a single parent for a long time. Yeah. But now that I have a co-parent, um, it's, it's hard to be without. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, I think, on top of us being apart, we had some... Yeah, some other stressors that and then made meanwhile, being a part I, worse. I get back and the dog couldn't be like more <laughs> full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> yeah, the dog is much better now. Yeah, the dog is much better. Sydney wanted to kill him, but he survived. And I, I didn't want to kill him, baby. I know, baby. I'm, you know, I want I'm my dog around. to live forever. I know, I do too. I but love your dog. The dog was looking at me like it was ready to go. Um. And I saw him before I left. He was kind of... He wasn't well. Yeah, he wasn't. So, but now the dog is good and we'll probably knock on all of the wood. Yes. This dog might live to be 15 because it might be the only thing holding us together. <laughs> oh, don't say that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frank our, is our Band-Aid doggy. He definitely, yeah, if and when the dog dies. If... If, if he ever dies. dies, yeah, we'll have to get a clone of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so anyways, um, long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. The, the reason I wanted to do this episode was because the entire time you were gone, I was like, people are in long distance relationships. Meanwhile, I am a mess uh-huh. without Zach. <laughs> And it's it's only temporary. Like, and I just was like, I, it was blowing my mind because I used to be like, yeah, long. I know I know people who've been in long distance relationships and like they've made it work and whatever. And and maybe the difference is that they never lived in the same place. So right, twenty seven percent of long distance relationships in the United States, the two people have never lived in the same place, and it's because. Uh, online dating is on the rise and so if you've never lived together it probably is easier than if you've lived together and then been forced apart um so i wanted to do like a little background of like stats um so uh, the gov- a government survey says the number of married Americans living apart from their spouse rose from 2.7 million in the year 2000 to 3.9 million in 2017, which is a really high number. Um, and uh, the uh, so in general in the U.S. moving is on the decline and part of that has to do with like the distribution of jobs and industry so the number of people who moved between states is less than half of what it was in 1970 so people it's like i think i read like 90 percent or 80 percent of americans live an hour drive from their parents like people aren't uprooting as much as they used to um but um, the, uh, the higher the level of education, the more likely people are to be in a long distance relationship. Um, so, and that basically is because the higher level of degree you have, the more specified your industry is and the more spread out it's going to be, especially like right. in academic careers. Um, and so because number one, you have to go where the work is. So you move. And number two, if you don't follow 
your job and move for your job because education is so expensive in America now, you're losing money by not doing that. So you have $200,000 in student loans. You have to move for a job. That's not even like an option like, oh, I'm just going to settle into middle management. Fuck my degree. Like you have to. Um, And the interesting thing is, so in general, the higher level of education in a couple, the more likely they are to be apart. However, if the man is the one with the advanced degree and the woman isn't, they move together. So those are less likely to be long distance. But if the woman is the one with the advanced degree, she's more likely to move alone because men are stubborn um, and they don't want to follow their wife. So like they're like, yeah, you can move with me for a job and you can take my last name. Well, the song goes, I will follow him, follow him wherever. It doesn't say I her. will follow her. Yeah. yeah you know. Um, if, good point. From Thank Zach Bird. <laughs> Chiming in. I mean, who doesn't want to take my last name, even though my last name is DeLorean? But my name, last name is Bird. I mean, Zach Bird. You can, I can get that on my knuckles if I wanted. Yeah, but you don't want to. I don't want to, but I mean, that's just a cool name, you know? Uh, is it, listeners write in, what's a cooler last name, Bird or DeLorean? <laughs> So we'll uh, maybe we'll do an Instagram poll. I mean, it's just the say. name I was born with. There's nothing I can do about that. Uh, and I'm all right with it. Well, but the Zachary, I, I did nip that. You nipped that in the bud. You clipped it. You I docked clipped it. it. And I will run into problems occasionally where I'll like put when I was traveling, I put Zach Bird on something and they're like, oh, your passport says Zachary. Like, what is the meaning of this? I'm like, that's sorry. <laughs> this is my, I, I'm never, no one calls me that, whatever. Or it's probably just like the auto keyboard thing. Oh, yeah. You know, but anyway, so yeah. Yeah. So, um, so couples, they're living apart, they're moving they for work. Um, interestingly enough, um, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm an idiot. What? I don't know. I just had like a stroke on air and now I'm like, oh God, I have to edit this episode and I don't no, want to do don't. that. You're fine, baby. I hate dead air. I, I didn't notice any dead air. You're, I just you do myself- like I do, which is just go. So anyway, um, um, and then you just eventually you get the train back on the tracks. My The train never goes off the track with me, baby. Uh, oh, my train is... It's never on. Yeah, never that's on. pretty much. Uh, that pretty much is correct. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Apparently, allegedly, couples who are long distance are more stable and committed than couples who are living within proximity to each other. However, they're more likely to break up when they move to the same city or they move together than couples who have been living right because you're not facing any of the real problems well yeah that's what it said is that when you aren't living together um you aren't experiencing the little things like dishes in the sink are are they a messy or a tidy person like little are they quick to anger and so in the gaps of experiencing the minutiae of the other person 
you're making up an idealized yes. version of them in their head. So you're super committed to them when they're far away because in your mind, it's this dream person that is without faults, more right. or less. Um, but yeah, so then when you do move together, the, it comes crashing down yeah. because um, you're, you're just like, oh my God, this person does these things that I hate. I, I had a... Did, I told you that I had like a brief, uh, long distance relationship, right? No. It, uh, Out of all the women you've told me about, <laughs> um, yeah, it was like a three month thing. And this was before kind of I'd had anything super serious up to that point either. Uh huh. And it was just like a high school friend, a new friend of a friend sort of thing, and we started this like facebook commenting and flirting that turned into like oh okay i like you and then it was really easy to kind of keep that going because mm -hmm. yeah you're not dealing with any of the problems you have the freedom of yeah my sister theorized that i was more into this because i don't it's 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 a lot less work it's a lot less work and it's less real yeah um, and the second she came down it like crashed and burned immediately like yeah. literally she she came down to visit family and me obviously for like uh four or five days or something like that and just in the weekend that she spent it, over at my place it was like oh no i yeah i don't like you <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i'm i'm cutting out a lot of the details just because it's Whatever. Who cares? But yeah, it's just long story short, it did not work out. I mean, yeah. well, one of the things I read is the number one problem for these couples when they do move in together is the loss of autonomy. Uh -huh. Because if you spend years, some of the couples interviewed in uh, this one really good article in The Atlantic, they were separated because they were doing graduate programs in different fields. They had to go to different schools like and so they spent years away from each other and they said one couple admitted this actually makes it easier because I'm able to focus on my studies. If we lived down the street from each other, there'd be more strain in our relationship. Um, like, why aren't you spending time with me? Like, right. why aren't you coming over? And um and so when they do finally end up in the same city, there is a problem with a, a a loss of autonomy. I, I will tell you that my much mentioned not healthy, good relationship, that person lived a mile away from me. And while we were together, I, I finished two college degrees during that time. And I was playing in a band, yada, yada, yada. Like I had a busy life. I worked full time and went to school, etc. And he was kind of a whiny punk ass bitch. Because it's like he had the mentality of a high schooler that just wanted to like knock on your door and be like, can Sydney come out and play? Right. Like, you're so close. Why aren't we spending time together right uh, now? And was super critical and controlling yeah. uh, or tried to be controlling. I will not be bridled. <laughs> uh, tried to be controlling of my time. And after that, the first person that I like kind of dated didn't live in Arizona. They lived in San Francisco and would come down for business or whatever. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was much more comfortable while yeah. pursuing a degree and et cetera was like, yeah, I'll see you every four weeks for two days. Like that worked for me yeah. Um, because yeah, it's 
but it, I guess if you're used to being autonomous, you get, I always used to say I, I lived alone for eight years and I was like, at this point I might be feral. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I can live with other people. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you develop patterns in a lifestyle and then all of a sudden to go from, oh, this is my partner that I, I talk to on the phone and we see each other every four weeks or whatever to like living together, uh-huh. um, would be, would cause some issues. Sure. Um, so, yeah, and a lot of these things come up too because of the shows that we watch. Oh, okay. So yeah, we can talk about this because we are addicted to Ninety Day Fiance and Love After Lockup. Listen to our episode of uh, Bored and Sober about reality television, because uh-huh. um, we do uh, explore that addiction that we both have. Yeah. So without diving fully into that and do- doing a repeat of that episode, I I was just talking to you last night about what I like about those shows is kind of is a little bit of the long distance relationship um and it has some elements of catfish and things like that so you get to see what people would do for love Mm -hmm. and I love it's super interesting right Mm -hmm. yeah like we were just watching the episode where this guy Paul goes to Brazil to meet this girl he had not met her at that point right yeah they hadn't met and also they don't speak the same language she doesn't speak English he doesn't speak Portuguese so that's an interesting case because not only is their relationship physically long distance even when they finally they they translate through an app like they text through an app that translates for them but when they're in person they have to keep using the app so there still is a distance in a way, yeah. even when they're together. Yeah, right. It looks very difficult. And then so, but once he gets to Brazil, she lives in a place that's like along the Amazon River. It's like, he has to take a boat ride that was 10, or wait. It was 10, 10 days. days. It was a riverboat. So he flies to Brazil and then he gets on this. It's a picture of a New Orleans riverboat. Yes. Um, so Sydney was in love. <laughs> I was in love with this riverboat. Yeah. And it's a 10-day um, boat trip down the Amazon to get to her. And the deck of the riverboat is just hammocks. Yeah. So rather than on a big cruise ship where you would get your own little room, here you just get a hammock on this boat. W- which is right next to another hammock. There's yeah. like how many hammocks were in there? There were like a lot. 100. Was, I, the I don't whole, know. Yeah, the yeah. whole deck of the boat was hammocks. So that aspect is kind of like romantic i think there is something super romantic about some the lengths that you would go to yeah and it's like then you're like oh i miss you so much you know even when we were like you know just separated that little bit and it's like i I will return to you baby well you know and then we met up at disneyland which is our place yeah you know so i like that but yeah so this guy's got to he has to travel to Brazil from fucking Louisville, Kentucky, and then does a 10-day boat ride. And you're going like, oh, my God, the, the, these people deserve each other. But, um, yeah, you find out in, in a lot of these cases, they just have a lot of other problems going on. Well, um, so 
the interesting thing is uh, the article, I think it was the Atlantic one that I read. I read like five right before I hit record. Yeah. Um, they talked about the evolution of technology and how it's affected long distance relationships. Yeah. Because you know, it used to be it would be letter writings and we have these letters from these famous poets and their long distance relationships. And uh -huh. that was how they communicated. And um, before I move on to anything else, this is not real. It's not pertinent really but uh one of the examples they gave was one of james joyce's letters to his lover and apparently he signed off all of his little love letters to her good night my little farting nora oh. my dirty little fuck bird oh my god um yeah so anyways so they talked about how as I said, um, one of the problems with long distance relationships is you aren't sharing the minutia of life. And so you don't really know a person that well yeah. because you aren't dealing with smaller aspects of their personality. And um, one article said, like, you're not seeing how they interact with other people. Right. Even if you're just talking through letters or on the phone, it's not like when you go to a restaurant and you see someone is rude to the wait staff or how they interact with their parents or their friends. You don't get that. Yeah. Um, but they said because of technology, it's getting better because there's a thing. So in the 50s and 60s, one minute of a long distance phone call was the equivalent of $26 per minute today. Right. So that wasn't a thing. But now it's so cheap. There's this thing called background Skyping where long distance relationship couples will put their computer on a table, set it up to Skype, and they'll go about their evening routine of like making dinner, answering emails, doing laundry. But the computer's there so they can pop in and say hi or whatever. They're yeah. not actively engaged in a conversation and that helps them feel the presence of them, yeah. which is interesting. Um, Cause I've known about, you know, there's services where you can share a screen so you can see the person while also watching the same movie at the same time or whatever. I've known about those, but the idea of just letting it be in the background. So it's like you're inhabiting the same space Without yeah. being actively engaged, that's interesting. Um, and it helps the aspect of uh, long-term relationships where people are, quote-unquote, stuck in the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Because if you don't talk every day and you don't interact every day and you just see each other every so often, um, then it's honeymoon time because um, apparently couples then, if you only see each other, let's say, every two months, you don't want to talk about deeper issues. Right. You're not going to talk about problems or conflicts because you feel like, oh, we only have so much time together. Let's not waste it arguing or whatever. Right. Um, and that causes a problem because uh, so after in a survey of couples who lived apart for two or more years, one third of them broke up within three months of moving in together. Jesus. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. We we see a lot of that on the shows we've been watching. Yeah. Um yeah, uh one third breaks up within a year. Within said? 3 months. Oh, 3 months. So they've dated over 2 years apart and then they moved to the same city, not necessarily in together, but they moved to the same city. Yeah. And within 3 months they break up. 3 months for whatever reason seems to be like the the cutoff for serious relationship or this is just somebody you kind of dated for yeah. a little bit because i that was so many of my relationships up until a couple years ago yeah. sadly it was all like three months 
so I was like, dude, what's what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's funny that within three, three months, months is the yeah, breakup it seems point. like it's that. Yeah. Yeah. So don't make any plans, any um, proposals. At least three months. That's a good rule, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Three months <laughs> is pretty soon. Yeah. Um. Apparently, long distance relationships. If you can survive past eight months, your odds are pretty good that you'll yeah. survive for however long the separation is. Uh, eight months is the make or break. Um. So the average long distance relationship couple send three hundred and forty three texts a week and spend eight hours talking on phone or video. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we probably spend that much talking on the phone. Eight hours a week? I don't know. I just farted. <laughs> um, no, we don't. Do you think so? Well. We are, for the most part, we can be chatty, but we're usually kind of like, okay, so are you coming over? Well, first of all, I talked to you. Like after work, you're yeah. usually exhausted. Yeah. So it's like me talking to you while you're driving home. Yeah. And then you can't talk so much because you're roommates. Oh, yeah. Because I go, I live with roommates and um, I can't be talking on the phone because they're in bed when I get home from work. And then if in the morning we're, we're both like doing stuff, that's when we're yeah. like working out separately or doing our All right, thing. So maybe we don't talk on the phone eight hours no. a week. No, probably four. probably, uh, probably a, cu- a couple though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, fifty-five uh, percent of Americans who have uh, long-distance relationships said that the time apart made them closer, and sixty-nine percent said that they actually talked more when they were apart. Yeah. Um, which I get because you're you can't feel physically close, so you need to like call and talk. I just it, it for me it was hard. I even felt like in our brief time apart, like I like I didn't really know what to talk about because usually you talk about your shared experiences or whatever, and I didn't really have anything to tell you except to be like, I miss you. Right, and I didn't want to talk too much about how awesome my trip was and stuff. Yeah, be like, oh, I saw and did this. That's why I was surprised you didn't want to do my. Uh, episode of so i did an episode on my podcast about my trip and sydney was like well you would you should get someone who either you haven't talked to about it or just maybe even do it on your own since you've told me some stuff but i really didn't tell you that much you told me a lot though maybe like it's what it seemed like a lot like was i just tip of the iceberg i know but i feel like you told me a lot about it and i saw a lot of pictures and it would be hard for me to be actively engaged because i'd be oh yeah i'd be hearing things for like the second or third time sure so um but uh well now you have the podcast to listen to (laughs) well i have to listen to it because i'm your editor yeah that's that's how i get one listener yep yep, that's (laughs) how you get me that's how i got them so um I feel like I, I got things off track. What I mean, is there really on track? Long distance relationships seem really shit. So my friend, <laughs> it just seems shitty to me. It seems terrible to me. I feel like I could be in a long distance relationship with someone that I didn't really like that much. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who it's a really uh, sweet love story that later fell apart. But when she was 12, she met this 
13-year-old boy in a Yahoo chat room. She lived in Idaho. He lived in England. They, like, chatted every day. She bought a webcam to chat with him, which was early days of the internet. No one had webcams. But they had this friendship. They talked every day for years. And then eventually, somewhere around, like, age 20, he got this girlfriend who didn't like him talking to this girl all the time. Like... She had moved to Phoenix at this point. He's still living in London, but his girlfriend's like, I don't get why you're talking to this girl every day. Like, I'm uncomfortable with it. So he quit talking to her, um, and their lives both progressed. She ended up moving to New York. Uh, He became kind of a big deal music video director person. And she took her first ever trip to Europe. She was backpacking across Europe for a couple weeks. And she gets an email from him saying, I know we haven't spoken for a long time. I really miss you. I broke up with that girlfriend who didn't like me talking to you. Like, I miss our friendship. I want to reconnect. And she goes, holy shit, I'm in London. And she was only supposed to be in London two or three days of the trip. And that was just enough of a coincidence for her to be like, it's fate. Well, I mean, that is kind of like. It is crazy. what, What are the chances of someone that you haven't spoken to in years reconnecting to you? The first time you're ever in London and like, right. So she, her and her friends were going to Sweden or something the next day. And she's like, go without me. I'm going to, like they they had met up and they kind of clicked and she told her friends go without me, whatever. So they dated long distance for like a year or two. And the coincidences in their life were kind of crazy because she had moved to Phoenix, but his parents had also moved to Phoenix. Uh And so the years that they weren't speaking, they both were spending holidays here. Like, and they had no idea. Um, And so he went to New York a lot for work, which is perfect because she lives there now. And they dated long distance for a couple years and he helped her finish school. And then she kind of said, all right, like, I can't he was very very comfortable with the long distance relationship like to him he was in New York maybe two weeks out of every two months let's say and he was cool with that and she's like well I don't want to keep doing this like I want to be in the same state and so he said why don't you move to London and like just stay on a tourist visa we'll see how it goes and she kind of felt oh I just finished school I need to start my career right away, but if we're going to be together, I need to start it in London. Like, we need to get married so I can get a work visa and start working and follow my career. And he was not okay with that. (laughs) He was not comfortable with it, but she just was like, okay, my career is important to me, but also this relationship. So either we're in or we're out. Yeah. Um, Stop keeping me at arm's length. And inevitably... Like her moving to London, the relationship did fall apart. Yeah. Because he's a he's a workaholic, mm-hmm. and it it was it was a dream for him to have a girl, an ocean away that he didn't have to have daily obligations yeah, and to. I mean, I'm not saying that he was, but it, it's a lot easier if he wanted to fuck around. Too. He yeah. has something that's fulfilling him, whatever his emotional needs are, whatever void she was feeling. Yes. And then he could do whatever. Whatever. Even he if it's not fucking, he has someone who he's less underfoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then it was when she moved there, she'd be like, You've been working for 10 hours. 
put the laptop down let's go out and she would be like i spend more time like getting drinks with his mom than i do with him and it became an issue and you know they'd have fights and she he would swear he was going to change and obviously he wouldn't and i had kind of told her i was like dude he's not going to change i can't tell you how many times i've cried and said i swear i'm gonna change i'll spend more time with you i'll spend more time with your kid i swear i'll be more family oriented and like cut to two weeks later i'm doing my own thing because like you are who you are inherently if you are like a very career focused workaholic type person chances are you're gonna stay like that and either you accept the person that you're with for who they are or you realize it's a mismatch and the mismatch she didn't realize until they actually moved in together. What what sucks about some of these long distance relationships is I think some of the time that you can waste on this and really which what could be figured out in a week. Yeah. So like how we went on that trip like a, two weeks after meeting mm-hmm. and pe- people were telling me like, oh, isn't this fast? And I'm like, I, I mean, it's a, a long car ride. Yeah. And and we're going to be in a hotel and then we're going to c- have a long car ride back. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out. Then we know. Th- then we know. It's. Uh, yeah. And we did that and kept doing that and kept doing that and it kept having more and more fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now I would never even worry about like, are we going to get in a fight on this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, so when I went on my study abroad trip to England, all the girls that I and it was just me and like 14, 20 something girls. Mm. Right. And they're all on Tinder and Bumble and everything else. And they just want to meet up with English dudes. Uh-huh. Like that's their thing. And a couple of them like started long distance thing stop it yeah and they're of course acting like oh this is i'm just having fun i'm in london you know or not even london where you're just we're in uh lincolnshire uh which is like north uh, east of or no northwest of london anyway so and they're pretending it's like that but it's casual yeah but they started like serious relationships and of course they come back and they're young they don't have the funds to just be like well oh yeah that's something that didn't come up in any of the things i read that like realistically long distance relationships work if you're wealthy like my friend she was a student she was struggling but this dude had a lot of money mm-hmm. so he could fly back and forth he could fly her back and forth it does help sure yeah if you're broke a long distance relationship fucking forget so about it what's crazy is that what so those those relationships all like blew up like in yeah fantastic fashion like i've heard from uh because those girls all like to gossip with me, you know. So they yeah. would- I mean, honest, I think a lesser woman would be jealous of the fact that you spend a lot. You you like gabbing with girls, and girls like to gab with you. But I'm not jealous, baby. Well, I'm glad you, you know, have someone I'm to just, talk to. Yeah, well, it's really it's just my sisters and then my friend Courtney. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which Courtney loved you and thought it was hilarious that when we went to visit Sydney at her place of business Uh and 
she grabbed a beer there and and tried to pay Sydney and Sydney goes, no, it's only right that I pay for the. <laughs> I said, what type of woman would I be if I'm not willing to buy a beer for the girl who's out on a date with my boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, you bring some fucking smoke show into my work. <laughs> and then when you leave, I don't introduce you to my coworker. And then when you leave, my coworker's like, was that your boyfriend? I go, yeah. That's my boyfriend. He's out with some chick. Yeah. <laughs> he needed to poop. He came by. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. People always go, oh, has your boyfriend ever come in here? Does your boyfriend come in here? And I go, because you're like, a, you know, everyone wants to know who my boyfriend is. Yeah. Like, who's, you know. And I go, he's only come in here twice. And both times it's because he had to shit. I feel like it's been like four times now total. And every time was, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a good place to shit. Um, So... But anyway, yeah, so these relationships that they had like blew up, right? Um, I get it, you know. I yeah. there it's I get why they're interested in it, I guess. You know, I was taken at the time, but to be overseas and like to be like, "Oh, an English girl yeah. or whatever" would have been super cool. But then you I think what's important is you have to be realistic cuz you are taking yourself off the market for a while. So they uh the one girl in particular that i'm talking about she had this thing going for a year or so and they saw each other maybe once i think he had visited here for like the holidays or something and then she went back to visit him and he's just super douche who just wanted to hang out and play video games with his friends and she was like and she's so not that person yeah she's like way older uh, you know I mean, she's younger, but she's way more mature than that. And, uh, yeah, so they just really didn't get along. They broke up. And it's like, yeah, you just spent two years. I mean, you found that out in a weekend. Yeah. So that that's my thing is if you want to do these long-distance things, do it. But do try to figure some things out soon. Yeah, well, and that's my thing is I – do not believe in wasting your time during your prime dating right, years right. because the longer you wait, the more the good ones have already been swept up by someone else. You wasted years of your life being what is basically a pen pal to somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at a certain point, I you have to realize like, we want to be young forever. And I had a conversation with Scott McNulty about this recently because both he and I are kind of commitment phobes. Like I, he, it was in reference to, he just bought a house and it was such a scary thing for him because he's always been a renter. And I was like, dude, I get it. I rented the same house month to month for eight years. Like I'm just kind of a commitment phobe that way. Um, And you know, I'd look at other places and be like, oh, but they want a year lease or a 16 month lease or something. And I can't, I don't know what my life's going to be like in 16 months or like, oh, I don't know if I want to take this job. Like they, I don't get any vacation time for a year. I don't know. Like I just couldn't do it because I would be like, I, in my mind, I have like a child's mind that wants to think, oh, well in a year, my whole life will be different because when you're seven, your life is a lot different than it was when you were six. Like uh-huh. there are noticeable changes, but like you're a fucking adult. Your life is what it is. So like maybe at a certain point, accept the fact that like 
your life is stable and if you want to build a life with another person, like you need to just go all in or all out instead right. of being like, I don't know. And so, yeah, I just I always like tell like particularly women where it's like a dude who's like doesn't want to commit like he's like no we're not sleeping with other people um but like i just am not sure if i'm ready for something serious or whatever he's just pulling some fuckboy shit <laughs> and it's like especially if you're like my friends who are late 20s early 30s who want to have families i'm like your fertility doesn't last forever after age 35 that's a geriatric pregnancy yeah. like you you can't be wasting your time if you are looking, if what you want out of life is like a marriage and children, then you need to find someone with those similar goals and you need to find out quickly. Yeah. People get so shy about like, um, I don't want to push things or whatever. And it's like, because you're actually scared that if you push things, you're going to get an answer that you don't yeah. want. That's what it is. Like if you go, hey, are we together or what? Like, they're scared that the answer is going to be no. But, like, just find out. Yeah. Take a road trip together. Go to Disneyland together. Find <laughs> out if you get along Do or not. Do everything exactly how we did well, it. Well, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. But, yeah. like, yeah, just just spend time together. Get to know each other. Have the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, whatever's important to you. If you're the type of person, that, like, because I've met people that are like, yeah, if, if I want to have kids and if I meet a girl who doesn't want to have kids, I, I will stop talking to them then and i'm like whoa that's hardcore and then i'm like well yeah i mean why waste their time why waste yours um that's when people find out i had my tubes tied mm -hmm. they, they will ask how does your boyfriend feel about that and i go fine i told you that before we ever met in person right i told you that like i think our first phone conversation just hey if what you're looking for in a relationship is to have a family I can't give that to you. So like, let's put all the potential deal breakers on the table right now. That's the type of person I am yeah. because I am old. Like I'm going to be, I'm, I'm fixing to be 35. I told you then I said, I'm little, I'm crooked and impotent. And you were cool with all those things. So I was like, yeah, I can handle yeah. Whatever's going Whatever's on. Whatever's going yeah. on. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I just think like that's important. In fact, so these sociologists like put together a list of ways to maintain a long distance relationship. And one of the things on that list is plan time for when and how to have hard conversations to get you out of being in that permanent honeymoon phase. Yeah. Um, because yeah, long distance relationships are a good way to, if you aren't ready for a commitment, if you don't want something real, if you want to kind of fool around with other people, um, but feel like not lonely, I guess yeah. long distance relationships can be great for that. Um, so it, it's, if you want to be serious about the person you're in a long distance relationship for, you need to have real honest conversations. Yeah. Um, I think it also depends on, on what you're looking for, uh, as far as like, I think some people in the back of their minds know like this isn't going to go anywhere, mm. but this is fun for right now. Yeah. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Exactly. And that's definitely like with catfish people are like, what do you do? And they're like, I know this is wrong, 
mm-hmm. but they're en- they're getting something out of it. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah, they they have someone to say goodnight to, and so cutting that off and going back to oh now real life mm-hmm. is a lot more difficult. Yeah, you know. But um, another thing that it's you touched on earlier how like the guys will usually try to make the girls come with them or if yeah. the girls come with them that's when they both move but if it's the other way yeah, yeah. if the guy is the one relocating right. for a career the woman will follow him if the woman is relocating for a career the man is less likely to follow her yeah that's an interesting dynamic that's also on the shows that we watch and we've seen it go both yeah. ways but how do you it's interesting to see how selfish some people are because mm-hmm. like we've talked about this like because you were thinking about you know if we had to relocate yeah. or you if you had to for a job and since I have technically nothing really pressing keeping me here I have my home mm-hmm. but I could rent this out and then just I have my family and friends here but my sister who i'm the closest with already lives in new york mm-hmm. and we just talk on the phone every day you know what i mean yeah. and i can travel pretty easily so i would i think wherever i went i would be coming back here a lot yeah but yeah it's easy to just be like no i don't want to do that i mean yeah because you're nobody wants to move no i i don't want to move like right as much as i don't uh, be and it, and a lot of it is economic where i'm in that economic pocket where i don't i don't really have enough money to comfortably relocate right, right. i don't have a savings account i don't have a career where a job would pay for me to relocate so relocating would be a huge fucking stress on me yeah um, I've done it before, um, and it's not easy. Yeah. And so there's that, that it would be a huge economic strain on me. And also the less money you have, the more you do rely on your friends and your family and your social network. Yeah. Um, because like when I travel, I have friends who take care of my dog for free. I don't have to pay a boarder. I have like a doctor who will refer fill scripts by phone instead of me having to pay a doctor to go see every time like i have certain things because i've built a community it's easier for me to get work here because i know people so there's that pocket but then i'm also in the pocket where my education like the careers that i could get because of my education are not here because i'm I'm more or less only qualified to work in the entertainment industry, which isn't in Phoenix. And so I'm in this like limbo where I go, okay, relocating would suck so much ass. Um, But also if I don't do it, then I might never have a career. And so I waffle on that because, you know, I've been bartending in Phoenix for 14 years and I'll hear customers will be like, Oh, yeah, I went to visit Miss Lil, who was a bartender at a bar. She retired at 80, 
and now she's having health problems and her bar regulars are going to see her in the hospital. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to be Miss Lil. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Uh, and so I go, okay, so what do I, what the fuck do I do yeah. um, to make this not my life? I mean, ideally, you and I uh, make our millions selling Furbies on the internet. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I got to have another That's plan. mobile. That's what I like about yeah, that. You can, you can slang them Furbies anywhere. We can slang Because they're popular everywhere you go. Everybody loves Furbies Everybody still. loves loves Furbies. Right. Um, but yeah. So but, I but, mean, but but okay, so back to the long distance. Yeah, yeah, that's why I asked you before I even applied for that job yeah. if you would be willing to move because I was like this is a great opportunity were I to get this job, I'd be an idiot to say no to it sure. because it's a fucking career. Um, but also I would not want to move to another city without you because I feel like you are more important to me than basically anything. So if you weren't on board with the move, I wouldn't go. It was um, outbound telemarketing position, by the way, for people who are curious. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. You were just like, it's way down the road. It might not happen. Yeah. Um, But yeah. How do you feel about it? And I was like, huh? Like I have a pretty sweet deal here, yeah. And I like I do like where I live, but you know, I'm not. I have no obligations. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not leaving anything that's like whatever, like a family. I also <laughs> consider moves. Like I get a little bit less scared of relocation because I think of it. I don't. I never think of anything as permanent, which is why my dream is to have a travel trailer so yeah. I can just live in different cities and test drive where in the U.S. I want to live yeah. um, because when I moved to New York, I got rid of everything I owned except what fit in my little hatchback two-door Toyota Yaris yeah. and I moved to New York, quote-unquote, permanently mm -hmm. and it was at four months where I go, I got to I got to plan on how I'm getting home because this is not – I don't want to yeah. be here forever. And so I never think of moves as permanent because – Phoenix will probably always be home and it worked for me coming back from New York. I called my old boss and said, Hey, um, you think you could put me on the schedule as like a fill in? Cause I'm going to come, I'm coming back and I then need money, I need money badly. Um, um, but yeah, you can kind of always come home, especially if you have work connections and people who will rent a room to you while you kind I of mean, figure your life back out. Yeah. I can't even think of, all of the connections and things I've made here because it's 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 so many. I've been here since I was four years old. Mm -hmm. I, I live I was born in Kansas, moved here when I was four because my dad had a job and my yeah. mom had to move with him. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know? So it's like we're talking about. But um, then I lived in Indianapolis for like two years in my teens. And other than that, I've been a Glendale boy mm -hmm. the whole time. To me, there's just places I know I don't want to live. The place that you were talking about potentially moving is one of a few cities in the States that I would want to live, maybe, yeah. potentially. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not interested in living in many places in the States. I I'd like, I love Nashville. I think feel like I could like live there, maybe. Uh, Portland or Seattle. I like the Pacific Northwest vibe, but I haven't even fucking been there. Yeah. So, but I'm just... But then I'm th 
the reality of it is I probably couldn't because it's just rainy and whatever. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but I mean, I think we decided the goal for us is to figure to to build this build an online business so we can travel more and not feel tethered anywhere. Yeah, because that's what keeps me all right living here. I love where I live because I can leave. It's close enough to some cool stuff. It's it's close enough to California. I'm in California all the time because mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a four to six hour drive depending on, you know, at least Southern California, yeah. um, depending on where we want to go. Um, so that keeps me sane. And there's a lot of cool spots in Arizona yeah. that keep me sane and are nice to get away from. But... Uh, yeah yeah i think that's it i just need it it would have to be somewhere i would want to go like again because we watch the show 90 day fiance and all of that there's the one couple russ and pal who like this girl who's like a smoke show from columbia comes to his fucking comes to oklahoma city yeah and is like she's a model and she's just like there's nothing for me here and he's like well um I live here and I can't leave. It's like, why? Yeah, not? she she moved all the way from Colombia to the United States for you. And you can't. She wants to move right. to Miami because there's more Latins down there and she feels more at home. And also as far as her modeling career, which at the time looked like she could have had a future. Yeah. But yeah. So she's like. I can move to the States for you and you won't even move to a different state for me. So then they do move to a different state. But then like he has to go back and visit his parents. And she's like, no, like I never. She has like PTSD. She's like, I don't even want to go back for like a weekend. Meanwhile, spoiler, he did have a job. Yeah. And then so he's still trying to go back. Fucking move back there. Sorry. See, I knew I'd just get on a 90 day. just get on, yeah. (laughs) But But yeah, she clearly has PTSD from living in Oklahoma. Dude, my friend, she, she, I, I knew her out here. She was from Kansas. And while living out here, she kind of reignited things with like her high school boyfriend Uh who had gotten a divorce whatever so she ended up moving back to kansas to be with him like she transferred college and moved back there of all the places well she killed herself shut up yeah that's my friend who killed herself Oh wow! because basically she moved to kansas to be with this dude who then I mean, I'm not saying she was a untroubled person. She was a troubled person. But, but living in Kansas doesn't help. Well, yeah, because her only reason for being there was him. And he decided to leave her and go back with his baby mama. And she was despondent and did not handle that well. Um, and so she bought a gun, which he knew about, and was threatening to kill herself, which he knew about, and did not tell her family, her mom, her sisters, me. Um, uh, and so she was stuck in Kansas with no support system and it's fucking Kansas and she killed herself. What part of Kansas? Um, I can't remember. That's all right. But uh, I just know. It doesn't that Every part of it sucks. I just know don't go to Kansas. Yeah. And also that guy is a piece of shit. Uh, because like my last words to him were take care of my girl because yeah. I was just like 
loved this girl so much um and he just didn't feel the need to tell any of us that she was suicidal and had bought a gun um it, because i think in his mind if she killed himself or killed herself it wrapped things up in a very neat little bow which instead of having a messy divorce and a messy ex-wife um she killed herself and then he no longer needed to get divorced and he could cash the check that her mom mailed her for expenses oh, to fly back Christ. home and he could run a GoFundMe for her funeral, which he did not pay for, oh. and saying that he needed money for the funeral and for child care for his child that was not hers. Listen, the point is, guys are great. God, <laughs> the point is, don't fucking move to Kansas. <laughs> There's all so many points. Uh, Their uh, relationship should have uh, lived and died at long distance and never become a real one because yeah. that was terrible. Um, what was... Oh, so here's um, some more tips on how to... <laughs> <laughs> on how to have a long distance relationship. Communicate on a variety of platforms, um, meaning different apps, mediums, do... Uh, Voice messages, video messages, which I do I do that and send to you when you're away. Yeah. Um, it said send letters because it's like a physical reminder of the mm. relationship and also maybe exchange trinkets. Um, so like because you have something physically, yeah. um, this like a T-shirt that smells like a uh, mold of your vagina. I first I thought you were talking about like mold, like moldy. No. And yeah, you like, your face reaction to what i said yeah and i was like i'm sorry i have a moldy vagina <laughs> okay a no a cast a plaster cast yeah there you go all right so do that if you're into that uh share small and mundane details and everyday experiences again that's part of actually feeling like you're part of each other's lives not a fantasy mm -hmm. um routine check-ins are important like set a schedule like good morning good night but also spontaneous convos so it doesn't feel like a chore um and acknowledge the fact that living together might be a difficult adjustment yeah i think just be really realistic is Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably the main thing also all of them said be very clear on whether or not you're monogamous which like that kind of goes without saying because in a in a proximal or a distal relationship like that's yeah. important to be on the same page of whether you're monogamous or you're open like we're in an open relationship but is that what we're in <laughs> no we are not because this is usually where I would then threaten to go fuck your dad, but your dad's dead. Ouch. So um, I'm not really sure who I'm going to have sex with to hurt so you. we are not in an open We're not in an open relationship. That was because a joke. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, everyone. We're not in an open relationship. <laughs> if you hit on Zach, I'll fucking fight you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I told her that this woman at at Walgreens the other day told me that I looked like it was it's either Zachary Quinto or Dylan McDermott is that who that is yeah Dylan, Dylan McDermott she said oh it's he, she's like you could be related to this guy it's on um American Horror Story I was like I only saw the first season she's like he's in that and he's in he plays a killer and <laughs> I was like oh okay great the killer she's yeah. like no 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 uh and I was like oh is he handsome she's like very <laughs> and so I told sydney about this exchange and she's like i'll fucking kill her <laughs> i did i said i'll fight her um that sort of thing me getting a compliment anywhere 
is so rare though so i you know it wasn't me bragging it was like almost Listen. like me going oh my god i got a compliment no baby i'd i'd like to see you try to do better than me <laughs> yeah, this is what you always say <laughs> i'd like to see you try you don't you don't. i don't want to see you try no that's no i loved when you said uh when i was going to tokyo oh because usually when zach is like especially when we're watching 90 day fiance <laughs> and there's these south american smoke shows and Zach will get all like, I can't believe she settled for this guy. He's such a dingus. <laughs> like, he's such like a pussy or whatever. In my defense, like, they are, though. Yeah, right? but you're like, like, you're also saying those you're things. You're all, she needs a real man. Like, <laughs> I, she needs a real man like me. And I'm like, I'd like to see you try. I, what I said I is, isn't it a shame that there's only one of me and these girls have to date these guys? <laughs> yeah. And I said, I'd like to see you try to fucking win that smoke show and keep her happy. I'd like to see you try. But then when Zach was going to Tokyo, I was like, well, usually. I would say I'd like to see you try, but I think you could really clean up in Japan. So <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you Maybe. to not try. I did not get that impression. So what I said the first time I went to Japan was like, I would stare at women just to see like they never would turn. Like if down here, if you're staring at a woman for like a second or two, mm -hmm. they will like s s turn your way to be like either return a nice Mm -hmm. smile or something or to be like why the fuck are you staring at me in japan you can just stare at people and yeah. they will never acknowledge i don't know if they just don't care or if it's like a sign of rudeness if they uh. like i don't know but i noticed that the first time i was there i was like oh my god it just turned into this experiment for me i'm normally not staring that hard at people anyway uh -huh. but out here i just noticed like i was like i can just stare at this girl yeah. Like, you know, and, and you're staring at girls in Japan I, the first time I went. And then um, the, the second time my buddy commented on it, he goes, I just want one woman to return my my glance. Yeah. And I go, it's not going to happen. It just yeah. it, it doesn't happen there, I, uh, at least not for. I, but it's either. It's either one of those reasons that I mentioned or they're just like, no, you're not interested. Do you think I could clean up in Japan? Definitely. I think you'll clean up anywhere, baby. But Aww, I think that's so sweet. I think um, a lot of people, it's like all my friends who have never traveled outside of the States. They think that if you're American, you're just going to go somewhere and people are going to be like, ooh, American. Yeah. And that's just not the case. People aren't as impressed. Oh, that was my friend. He taught English in Indonesia. And yeah. he's like, yeah, they treated me like I was a rock star there. And If you're living there, it's probably a way different Yeah, story. he was like, it's just everywhere you go, you get treated like you're a celebrity. They Because they fetishize or worship like whiteness. Yeah. And so he got really, he likes massages. And he'd go to get massages because it's there's just super cheap massages everywhere. Yeah. But a lot of places would assume he was there for the rub and tug. Uh -huh. So he'd have to be like, very, like don't touch my dick he's like even the dudes he's like this one dude i like they start to kind of go down and you just mm. go oh no 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 and he's like this guy like kept trying like he knew that i didn't want him to touch my dick but like maybe he was like i want to i want to touch an american dick i want to touch an american <laughs> dick uh, he's like yeah it's very weird there well so my my friend who i would say is about the same attractiveness level mm -hmm. as i am you know whatever average white dude six foot or so yeah 
he dates like straight up models in Taiwan. Yeah. Right. Um, and but he also speaks the language. He's been there for a while and he's just tindering like a motherfucker. Yeah. So it's a different thing. But I just didn't experience any women out there being like, ooh, or any kind of flirtiness. The only place I went to where I thought the women seemed kind of flirty was and like super nice was Iceland. Okay. Which I think might be a population thing because there's just maybe not it, that many people out there. Japan, there's so many fucking people. Yeah. The, the, the idea that they're going to see you like you're the special motherfucker that walked into the room when there's so many motherfuckers everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Nobody also, cares about you. The more That's people all. you see, the less you see people. Like when I lived in New yeah. York, people yeah. just started looking like ugly to me like monsters like uh-huh. it felt like a bad acid trip like getting on you know like yeah. the sort of cartoon version of a of a bad acid trip where like everyone turns into a monster and you're like oh ah! right, right. like that's how it felt getting on the subway where it just it would be like Ooh, ah! like and people would look like gross to me for like no reason like yeah. they all were fine acceptable human beings but i my my brain was just short-circuited on seeing faces yeah it was just like done and it just like instead of like seeing people as who they are you just are like gross yeah um anyways i like have had to shit for 45 minutes now so just leave it up to you because i never know where we're at yeah i was like we were having a conversation and we were trying i was trying to hit an hour but like real talk happy hump day everyone i'm gonna try to make it to the toilet before pooping my pants which zach will never let me live down nope (laughs) 